Tom DeLonge is God. Okay. All right. I, I mean, I'm, I'm willing to get behind that. Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! This is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast where every week we get into a different album from a different artist and we break it down. We find out all the secrets that nobody else knows except for us and we let everyone else know because that's we're, we're the keeper and the teller of secrets. I don't know what I'm getting on about. Um, my name is Tyler. Way out there, hundreds of miles away. Way out there in the ether. It's Jeff. Uh, go to Apple Podcasts. Go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. Oh boy, boy, oh boy! So what? What are we doing today, Jeff? What what album are we doing? By who? Oh, we're doing uh, M.I.A. and her album Kala. M.I.A., whose real name is Here we go. Mathanji Mathangi <laughs> Arul, pra- <laughs> Arul-, <laughs> Arul Pragasm. I, 
I was trying really hard prior to this to try to pronounce it, but then you fucked me up. Uh, she began her career in the year 2000 as an artist and then her musical career in 2002. Uh, to date, she's put out five full-length records, two EPs, and two mixtapes. Uh, but that one we're doing today is Kala. It's her second album, and it was released August 8, 2007. It remains her most popular album to date, selling over one million copies worldwide. Oh. Now, Jeff, uh, what are your what is your origin story? with MIA and uh, your initial thoughts on this record. What do you got? Go. Well, I'm interesting, right? I'm saying that like, I'm going to make fun of you, but I, you asked me a question and someone answer. Um, but my, why you're still talking about that, but okay. Okay. Well, you're talking to you. That's fine. That's my turn to talk. So it's my turn to talk. You actually stop talking. Time, I guess. Okay. Well, that's, we're just talking over each other now, but that's, that's okay. Um, so my, my first, my origin story with uh, uh, with uh, with MIA uh, uh, uh. is Galang. Her song Galang. Paraphrase Galang 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 and then other stuff, <laughs> whatever that's whatever however the lyrics go, I don't know, but that yeah. was um that one came out before her first album came out. I don't know if you remember, but like that was like sophomore junior year for us. Okay. And I didn't go to a lot of dances at Esperanza at our high school. Should we say our, our, where we're from? Yeah, just people can who cares? triangulate. Anaheim, our... California, baby. Anaheim, oh Anaheim California. I'll give you my, my exact address. Oof. Then you get some death threats, you know? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's probably not a good idea. Eh, whatever. But it yeah, that was, is, right? that, was my, that was my first thought, best thought was... <laughs> Galang, I, I that was I so it. going to like the YMCA and for camp kids or whatever, we'd have like events, parties that would um, that would be like raise awareness for for going to camp. So like parents would bring their kids to these quote unquote dances, and it would mm-hmm. just be like us over at the Anaheim Plaza, over by the old uh, Chris and Pitts off of like the Five in Euclid, and oh, we used yeah, to host yeah. these parties, and it'd be dances well lit and just playing a lot of like, stupid music and stuff. And we did, we introduced ourselves to the parents. Like, Hey, I'm the counselor, whatever. But then after it was over was when like, we'd all go to somebody's house and then everybody would get really underage drunk and then dance and stuff and hang out and <laughs> whatever. But like, I remember, <laughs> I remember two songs from this era and it didn't come out at the same time as, as Galang did, but like Shaggy's, uh, it wasn't me. And then Galang, was the other one that both of these songs really stand out to me as being like those after party. And, and, the, and the guy's name was Blake. The guy, the guy's house we always went to, his name was Blake. Blake's house, like Galang and, and fucking Shaggy's was me. So that was my first introduction to MIA was Galang. And then come around senior year when paper plant paper, fuck man, can't paper like, pod talk. It's at 8%. Hop stupid, making me <laughs> making me stupid with two O's. <laughs> when paper planes hit, like I'll be damned if we didn't, if if us and our crew and everybody in the world weren't like pointing our finger guns during the chorus of that fucking song. Yeah, I mean like, you couldn't help but <laughs> do that. It's so good, but it wasn't until even like after that did I find out that it's the same girl that did Galang, and so I didn't listen to any of her albums in their entirety until way later. We're talking like actually probably until her last album dropped. 
because she was mm-hmm. doing the thing with Skrillex and I was interested and I was like, oh, that's the same fucking girl that did Paper Planes. And then I was like, oh shit, that's the same girl that did Galang. And so that's when I finally listened to Kala. So I didn't listen to Kala in its entirety until like 2016. Okay. Way late. Yeah, and unfortunately, late. missed out on all those years of uh, of that. But I will say like Paper Planes is a complete outlier to the album. But, um, yeah. but that's, the last two songs really are outliers. That's my... That's my origin story, I guess. All right. Okay. Uh, so my, my origin story, real quick. Uh, the first thing I ever heard from her was Bucky Dungun. Uh, I hated it. I really hated it. Uh, I was probably junior year of high school, maybe. Uh, and it was on MTV, too. They played it a lot on MTV, too. I used to watch a lot of that because they played a lot of good videos, too. And then every time this came on, I just I would watch like half of it. And just think like this is just trash, like I, I like I. <laughs> it was just one of those songs that I just I did not I did not get. I just even at the time like I appreciated pop music, even though like I was like a full blown metal punk guy, I still could appreciate like NSYNC and like a lot of pop music at the time, you know. But this I just I didn't I didn't get. I just could not get into it, and I thought it was just trash music. And I, 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 I mean, I cannot tell you how much I hated this song, but you know, as the years gone on, have gone on, I've learned to appreciate broader styles of music. And I think it's a pretty good song now, but yeah, back in the day I fucking hated it. And I remember when Paper Planes came out, I didn't like it at first based solely off of, uh, the Bucky Duncan. Like I didn't like Paper Planes, Paper Planes because of it. Makes sense. And then I realized, and then I realized, okay, this is kind of silly and stupid. Paper Planes is actually a really good song. So, uh, yeah, but Bucky Dungan, man, that I fucking hated it. It was so stupid. It's such a dumb song, and and <laughs> it's crazy to think at the time too. What she was doing was so different. I mean, nobody sounded like M.I.A. Even even up through through this album, Call It, like there was nothing that sounds like her. She's so, these first two records are so unique and so, they just, I, you, you can only identify the style of music with her. So, I mean, it's great. It's, that's my origin story. And um, uh, yeah, I never, I've never listened to Kala. And up until this week, honestly, I've never listened to Kala. I've never listened to any of her records in, in its entirety. The only songs I've ever heard were Paper Planes and Bucky Dungan. You heard Delang, it. though. No, I don't think, no, I haven't. The Purple mm. Haze, that song? No, you didn't? I haven't. You've never, no, get the fuck out of here. I, if I have, I don't, I have no recollection what? of it. Yeah, nothing. I, I, like I said, there's only those two songs that I remember. Yeah, so this is the, this week was, was, it was a lot, it was a lot of new music for me, which is cool. It was, a lot of it was good. Some of it was meh, okay. But a lot of it was fantastic. Really fantastic. Especially out of this record. This is my favorite record of hers. So what, what do you, what are your kind of initial thoughts on this one? Um, I mean, coming into this week, I've already heard this album and I bought on the vinyls and I, uh, I don't know. I, I, I like everything about her. I like her style. I like her blending of hip hop with like electro music. Mm-hmm. I think she doesn't do, she doesn't dive into the deep end on either genre. She kind of stays in the safe zone for both of them, which is why I think it works so well. And then being somebody who doesn't listen to like a lot of, 
I mean, I'm going to throw out all of these naive words out here the entire time we're talking about this. But <laughs> being fine. being somebody who doesn't listen to like a lot of Sri Lankan music or Indian music or that kind of music from that area, well, this is exotic. Sense. This is exotic right? to me. This is this is I don't know, man. This, this is what like other bands sample. They use like like bits and pieces. This like Dick Dale will incorporate some Middle Eastern tunes into his music. But she's like full blown that style, but also catching me because I do like hip hop music because I do like a little bit of like the electro stuff, the techno of the time, especially like as we were graduating high school, the 2005 era of techno fucking mm. banger stuff dude some sandstorm. I don't know when that song came out, but no, sandstorm, sandstorm is way older than that. That sandstorm to, was like 98. I feel like Pretty Sandstorm sure. was high school era for us. Maybe no, 2000. Well, was, I feel like 2000 no, or above. Because I, no, I remember like freshman year listening to Sandstorm and that was like 2001. Yeah, see, that's like, high school. I, let me see. Sandstorm. I'm, I'm just, uh, came out in 2000. Sandstorm came out in 2000. Yeah, that makes sense. But the, okay. the other song too that came out in the area of high school we liked a lot that pushed me but don't hurt me. Satisfaction. Yeah, yeah. That, I think it was Benny Benassi or something. That sounds about right. But like all that era, like she incorporates those, I don't know, those cliches, those those easy targets, and then puts a little bit of hip hop, but not a lot of hip hop, but just enough to kind of capture everybody. But then she extends it even further and makes all these like super upbeat beats and then and, and and choruses and and flows, and then puts these hard hitting like topics underneath it, and nobody mm-hmm. even fucking knows. And that's. That's like paper planes, and that's yeah. I think it's also because you're you're just so distracted by the music because it's shit you don't normally hear, so you don't pay attention to the lyrics. At least at the first few listens, it's hard to. You're just so distracted. Well, for sure, so. paper planes. I always I, I've always thought that oh, paper planes is just about somebody who thinks they're fucking dope as fuck and dealing drugs and being a badass and. <laughs> Kind of no, on the same line, a little bit. There's there's parts here. It's there. a little bit deeper. Yeah, but for that. sure, there's 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 deeper stuff. But but again, like I will say that Paper Planes, even more so than the last song too, the Come Around. Paper Planes mm-hmm. is the outlier on the album. Oh yeah, definitely. There's and, nothing that sounds like it. And like clearly, they didn't think this even would even become a single because it's the second to last song on the album. Mm-hmm. And this wasn't yeah. a sing- this was a third single. Yeah, the third, I was gonna I was just gonna say that too. It wasn't even the the first single. It was because t- like by the time you get to the third single, it's you're already kind of like out you're of that scraping cycle. the bottom out of the, of the, out the here. Yeah, you're out of that that album cycle, out of that touring cycle, or you're reaching the end of it. So to re- to release it as the third single and it blow up is pretty crazy. And it's her big. It's by far her biggest hit. Biggest one, yeah. Like it, exponentially, yeah. her biggest hit. What's so it's it's it sounds stupid because you know I've I've never been a huge Clash guy, but you know listening to the Clash version or or the where the sample is from, it all I think of is the is Paper Planes because <laughs> I I heard Paper Planes first. It. I know I know you can't it's help difficult. but think of MIA. I mean, I don't know. It's just, it's weird. I mean, the Clash song is great, but. I mean, Emma, I mean, the song Paper Planes is fantastic. I, I actually did Iconic. finally listen to that Clash album this week because... Do you have it? No. I fucking sold it to you. Yeah, I know. Combat Rock. Yeah, Great record. I, I should have just kept it, but that's yeah, but, right. You know, you snooze, you lose, right? That is true. I mean, that's why you're selling me your Skrillex, so that's okay, though. 
but um, yeah, I'm not going to sell my Skrillex mask. I did. Uh, <laughs> I did listen to finally this week, and I think it's a great album. And and like friend of the pod Skip says, the history between reggae and like punk rock in the English area, England area, is mm-hmm. uh, it's it's cool. It's interesting. It's an interesting topic to talk about, to read about, to listen to, but. I don't like I do I don't like their song I don't like that song uh, whatever it's called fucking oh my god what is the name of straight oh, to hell yeah yes yeah, yeah, yeah straight to hell. I don't like it I don't like it really? and I I think I don't like it because I can't get MIA out of my head okay and I, 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 I because it starts off almost the same it's just the same beat and everything and then it slows down in the class version I'm like okay this is <laughs> this is disappointing I just I can't I, I can't do it. But it's so catchy that that little that guitar part is so fucking catchy. I think that's both versions. Like that's what makes her so great too, is because she's not hiding her 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 samples. She doesn't hide her samples under a lot of like beats or anything. Like she starts and ends the song on a straight class sample, right? The ending of yeah. the song is that high guitar part. Mm-hmm. You hear that the first thing you hear and the last thing you hear is not her work, and I think that's that's ambitious of her not to mask mm-hmm. samples like a lot of hip hop was doing in this era was using 20, 30 second samples and then masking it under like heavy beats. But she yeah. didn't do that. She just, she was like, here, here's who I am. Here's what I grew up listening to. But then let's take the middle part and explore who I've become as a person, as an artist. And I think that's mm-hmm. what makes this song great and her great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm with you on that one for sure. Uh, I feel like maybe like this song also almost seems like it, it could be like a mixtape song because of how just because I I don't know much about like the difference between like an album and a mixtape but I think a mixtape is more a collection of songs that not only wouldn't fit like a, a cohesive album but also uh, songs that that take um, samples that weren't cleared. Am, am I crazy in thinking that a mixtape because. Yeah, right. A mixtape is just is yeah. A, a mixtape is just something that somebody thinks they're not. I, I what I what I think, and what I've I've come to believe, a mixtape is just something that that's not like sanctioned. Whereas an album is, is they're signed, they're going to make money off it. Whereas a mixtape is is what people passed out in front of Chain Reaction to us. Yeah, all, all those but, years. Yeah, and going along with that, like on on a hip hop level, I feel like also there's songs that don't have the cleared samples like we were talking about earlier with biz Bismarcky and beastie boys you know i feel like that's kind of what a mixtape is over the last 30 35 years is is that you know just uncleared samples that's why they release them like free of charge or they release them yeah or not or yeah you know i would say mixtapes are bootlegs put out by the artist yeah it's, yeah essentially bootleg yeah that, that's a good way of, of of putting it and i feel like that's what this song is because it's such a it's such a huge lift from the clash who are such an enormous band, not even just in the punk realm, just, but just as a band in general, like it just seems like such a huge lift from them to just take and to even put on a record is pretty remarkable, especially for, for an artist who she wasn't big. She wasn't popular. Like how did she get the rights to this? Uh, I don't, I, I, I also don't know how she got the rights to this, but again, I'm not. A, I mean, we're not big Clashmen, and maybe like I don't know. I mean, Joe Strummer was still alive, right? Like he hadn't. Let me see. When Joe Strummer, I think he died in 27 or 2007, right? 
he had to have died. Oh, I mean, no, he died in 2002. So he, Joe Strummer was already dead by the time she put this song out. But they were punkers. And like, I don't know, they, they, that like their, their, their song also was kind of about people going to hell and, and like, fuck it. Like immigrants going to hell because they're yeah. the color of their skin straight up. Who cares? And like, because you're black, because you're brown, because you're not white, you are going to hell. And so maybe the estate of the clash thought that this was in line with like the clash's ideals. And the more I listen to the yeah, clash, like be. the more I do like them. And I, I, I think they're like the best of the big three that we, the Ramones, the clash and the oh. pistols. Oh yeah. Yeah. Out of the big three for sure. They're the best. Absolutely. But then also, you know, it, it always kind of like throws me off too, knowing that the guys from the clash all came from like, like very wealthy families and like bureaucrats and shit like that. So it's always kind of like thrown me off. Like how much of this was, you know, because you, your family has a lot of money. So you're able to get, cut these record deals, even though, yeah, maybe, yeah, you probably, you might've believed or probably believed in a lot of this shit, but you probably never really cut your teeth and played in fucking, you know, dive fucking bars and all that kind of shit. Who was, who was the band we were talking about that, that, that saying about like driving in vans to make it big, but actually never had to do that because their first album went big or whatever. Lincoln Park, wasn't it? Oh yeah, that's what it was. When we did Hybrid Theory, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the fucking one of the biggest plants in music history. Plants? <laughs> oh, come on, we 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 talked extensively about that. I think the two biggest plants we've ever talked about were Lincoln Park and Boston. Like Boston was through and through a plant. But they're not they a plant. It was just he would just he hired they were musicians because like, he would the there no, was like the one dude. They were a plant. You're a fucking plant. We even talked. We spent like probably twenty minutes talking about Boston being a plant. Yeah, that's true. And also Lincoln Park too. When we did the Lincoln Park record. But I, those I, two I, bands I think are fucking I, plants. And then like I, Maya, I don't think MIA is, but or, I I, or, I think the Clash were a little bit. We'll call her Maya, or, or I'll call her Maya because. It's that was easier than saying name, whatever yeah. her nickname. Yeah, I, I. But that's that's also some of the of the complaints she got later on in her career during this time was people talking or people, I don't know, demeaning her her lyrics because she's rich now and she had a big hit. And like, what does she know about what the world is like? And so I think the same argument could be kind of stretched to just because you come from money doesn't mean you don't know that the world sucks like the clash true true but i feel like the the clash had a lot more opportunities than somebody like maya would because maya came she came her dad was a like a revolutionary fighter in the sri lankan civil war which i don't know a ton about so i'm not going to really go into that too much but he was and he wasn't a part of the family for a lot of her growing up because of that and then her moving around, uh, moving around Sri Lanka, and then moving to London into essentially the projects of London, and growing up in poverty. And so I, I mean, she obviously had a much tougher time, and she has like a, I think a, a, a much different viewpoint than say the guys from the Clash do, but or did. But they're both because but they're both trying to they they both have the same end goal, right? True. Like they, true they're both true. trying to to bring awareness to the fact. One is just saying, hey, I was there, it sucks. Whereas the other is saying, I wasn't there, but I know it sucks. 
Yeah. Like they both just, still it, doing the same thing. And I think that's, that's, I mean, again, not a clashman whatsoever, but that's what draws me more to the clash than the other two cucks that pretend they're punk. Oh, dude, the sex pistols are just the fucking worst, man. Well, if they, I, I mean, need and, and if we just called the Ramones as 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 a essentially a boy band with guitars, then I would be yeah, fine with really that. I'd be cool with that, and yeah. then I could get behind that. But the Clash, I feel, is like the only like true punk band out of the three, and like the more well, they, they're the, the only they're the only band that had any sort of depth. You know they they had they had good lyrics, they had good societal or good topical lyrics that weren't that still that still stand up to the test of time. You know. It's not just saying like modern, like if you look at some modern punk bands talking about Donald Trump, it's like, okay, dude, we get fucking Donald Trump was terrible. Or like George Bush. Yeah, George Bush was fucking terrible. But you're not tackling like actual like issues. You're just attacking one person who was in power at a particular time. It's not like, you know, they're going after, they were like the Clash weren't going after like the the prime minister at the time or anything like that. For the, the president part, of England. <laughs> the, yes, the president of England. Even though they, they did go after the PM. I don't remember who it was, but they went after them. Like in Pre- one song. President Michael? It's president Michael, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah anyway. I, I, um, I, I did read, a, like not a lot, but as much as I could remember about this whole Sri Lankan thing. And... Mm-hmm. Just like real quick, the way I read it was read it like uh, read it, but the way I read it was the Sri Lankan Civil War started when they gained like their independence from Britain in like the fifties. Yeah, because Sri Lanka started passing these like crazy discriminatory laws that were strictly against like the Tamil population. And mm-hmm. throughout the next like fifty or sixty or seventy years, it's just like this this genocide against this these certain population of Tamil people. They're just mm-hmm. getting killed like in the streets. Just mobs of people killing these these other factions of of, of races in Sri Lanka for no good reason. Yeah, for it's really wild. for no fucking good reason. So <laughs> no then Tamil. So but like what really gets me is that Tamil developed their own army, right? The tigers. Which which yeah. it stood for something longer than that, but the tigers cool essentially, name, and and they were kind of like the the freedom fighters, I guess, for the Tamil people. Which I mean, we're talking like like ten percent of the population was the Tamil, and then ninety percent is his actual Sri Lankans, and so that battle yeah. was clearly one sided. But then, like, even our government got behind and started listing the tigers as a terrorist group, and yeah, I think I it was around the same time where they started using like like suicide uh missions assassinations things that are normal in war when you're a big country but because they were a smaller faction than the people they were fighting i think that's why they were being named as terrorists and then well, that's, also the the, the, that's, sui- the suicide bomber thing is a fairly new concept well, I mean, it was it wasn't yeah, like suicide you, you bomber the, it was it was it was assassination if you get caught take your cyanide pill no matter what, okay. you are not going to yeah, get okay. caught. So it wasn't like an explosion type of thing. It was more yeah, okay. do your job if you don't if you if you get caught be, until you can be questioned or, or tortured. Take your pill. Mm-hmm. So it was like a suicide mission type of thing. But that's okay. that's like historically speaking, like that's that's been around for for 
fucking centuries. That's been around yeah, for centuries. Yeah, I mean, I mean the, the sam like I mean my very little knowledge of samurai culture. That's what they did. Like if if a samurai if a samurai lost a battle or whatever was captured, they would kill them. They would impale themselves. They would kill themselves rather than be a prisoner or or betray what they believed in. I, I mean, that's probably a very loose, very very loose interpretation of I it. Mean, but I'm for pretty every sure video that game a, I've ever played, that's that's what you do. That I mean, as far I mean, I don't know. Yeah, like I'm, neither of us are experts, but you fall on your sword at that point, and it's basic I, knowledge. I, yeah. I just thought it was interesting that around this time, where MIA was 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 really coming out and talking about things that were not in the Western world and talking about like, uh, because also at the same time this album came out was the entire like invisible children, um, oh, organization right, huh? that was coming out and, and, and yeah. everybody was getting behind that. And she was also, Hey, like that's really great also, but let's also, you know, talk about this too. That's going on. And then people called her like a terrorist and saying she was backing yeah. the tigers and that she's a terrorist and she's backing terrorist organizations. Her dad's well, a terrorist and that wasn't, wasn't the case at all. She wasn't even allowed a, a work visa within the United States because she was considered a terrorist. Be, she was then, denied multiple times a don't forget, work, this is, working visa. This is this is 2005. This is still a pretty close post 9/11 world for yeah, us Americans. So people are, and we know yeah. in our like inner friend circle, people we our friend was taken and yeah, put into like a room and questioned about driving buses and have you made a bomb and. All, all yeah. of this stupid and he ass was, shit, and we were—he was gone for like a week, wasn't he? Something like he that. He just disappeared. He just disappeared. Where the fuck from, did you go? Yeah, freshman the, year of high school, you know. Friends, wild, man. yeah, dude. Like his yeah. family's store closed down, and we're like, why did it close down? Because they were getting questioned, and so this is a mm-hmm. very young, post nine eleven world. This is a very early Patriot Act world, and for people calling her like a terrorist. Is very uh, it's very of its time. It makes sense because that's does, where yeah. that's where we were as a country. That's where we allowed ourselves to be, and that that's that's how we were taken advantage of, really, from mm-hmm. policy from government of the time. And it's just yeah. it's so fucking insane to me. If you read again, like you know, did you read the lyrics? Did you read the book? Did you see the movie? <laughs> like if you just if you pay attention to what she's saying here. Like clearly, she's not a fucking terrorist in any capacity. No. She's just calling. She's calling out the bullshit. Essentially, calls them as she's, I sees them. Yeah, I mean, she's she's essentially she's like it, her lyrics are like a very veiled version of like what rage we're talking about in the nineties. Except rage, we're ta- or like what Zach was talking about in the nineties was a lot of stuff that was going on in Mexico or parts of Central America. But what she's talking about is more more wet more. Um, more Western, Western Asia, which a lot of people don't talk about because that's India, that's Sri Lanka, that's a lot of that. That's some of the the Middle East, you know. So, why not even no? That does make sense. Not the Middle East, but it's 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 parts of Asia that aren't really talked about a lot, you know, because everybody thinks of Asia as, as like you know East Asia, like Korea, Japan, you know, the Philippines, Vietnam, and all that stuff. But not a lot of people talk about Western Asia, which is. There's a lot of there's a lot of land there. There's a lot of stuff there, and a lot of people that live within those countries. Especially well, I don't even India. know, dude. I I've never even heard of Sri Lanka in my fucking life until I met <laughs> friend of the pod Dimitri, who who runs a, the, the Keeg podcast. But I, I wait, is he Sri Lankan? Yeah. Really? Yeah. 
Oh no shit. I had no idea. Yeah, he's he's straight oh, up. Wow. And then and when I worked with him when I was like twenty at at yeah. uh fucking Fridays in Brea and he talked about being Sri Lankan. I thought he made the fucking word up. I thought it was a joke. Like I thought <laughs> I did, well you're what? Like Sri Lankan. Okay, come on. Where where, where are you from really, really? For reals, for reals. Like I never even heard of the fucking country. Just out of like pure ignorance, you know. It's just like yeah. you're, you're not being offensive, you just don't know. But this was like right around the time where like their civil war ended. And to think that any country can even have a civil war in the century that we're in is just, yeah, it's beyond our, 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 our small Western minds. It's, it's crazy. It's it's wild. It's wild how narrow minded this part of the world is. It's, it's, it's astonishing because we base all civil wars off of our civil war. Yeah. Right? Because that's what we're taught. That's all we're ever taught. Yeah. Our civil war. We're only ever taught about the American Civil War in the 1800s. That's it. And even that civil war that we're taught is so biased in itself. And there's so much that's left out in school. It's crazy. It's fucking nuts. I, I don't. It's it's who we are. It's, it's it's what we're given, but it's not who we become. Yeah. So luckily, we have people like MIA to shock us back <laughs> into coherence. As George Costanza would say. Ah, yes. The great George Costanza. But yeah, dude, Paper Planes. What, what B is this for you? This has got to be a B. I know this is a B. Oh, yeah. No, it's a banger. It's a banger. It's my 4B. My okay. 4B. It's my 3B. So, okay, it's, not, it's not that too far off. Yeah. Um. So, lyrically on this one, I mean, we we talked pretty extensively about the the music here. But lyrically, I feel like this is more of like a story telling, you know, it's a story telling like that they're they're kind of outlaws or she's an outlaw selling like counterfeit counterfeit items more like counterfeit uh paperwork and then also you know they're they're also like thieves and they 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 rob banks and this and that and it's kind of like this like small story of almost like a robin hood kind of thing like steal from the rich to give to the poor so it's like it's it's kind of masked in a in a weird way like a bonnie and clyde mixed with Mm. with Robin Hood. That's kind of what I got on this song. Like a okay. very, very loose, very, very, very loose reference to those things. Okay. But, okay. And, and, okay. and it makes sense considering she came as really from poverty until, until she became like an artist in 2000 when she was able to sell her artwork. She was very poor, even in London. Like I said, yeah. she grew up in the, in essentially the projects of London, which is very, very low income. That's another thing so, too, is like the size of England makes it seem like how could you possibly have projects in a country that small? Right. Yeah. I don't know. I, yeah. That's, that's the way I, I look at it. That's the way I see it. That's the way I, I've been raised to look at it where you drive yeah. through Northern California to Southern California, it takes you fucking 12 hours <laughs> I know. to go from one, from like South North to South in England is, is like five hours, six hours. Yeah, so it's, 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 it, it, Bizarre. England's like the size. England, it, to me, is like the size of Southern California. Like, if you're to go from maybe a little bit past, like like Fresno, I'd say like from Fresno to San Diego, if that, if that, that would be the size of England. Yeah, I can see that. You know, because Bakersfield's a little too close, but I feel like Fresno, Fresno to to San Diego. San Diego <laughs> Fresno is such shit too. <laughs> Dude, Fresno. The only good thing about Fresno is that it's like the entrance to the Sequoia National Park, which is oh, beautiful and Fresno. amazing. But yeah, Fresno's a fucking armpit. It. Dude, it's terrible. <laughs> it sucks, dude. To anybody who lives in Fresno, I, sorry. sorry. It's just, yeah. it's not, 
Yeah, Fresno's Oof. not that great. But uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, what do what do you got lyrically on this one on Paper Planes? Honestly, I think the chorus here. I think the song overall is playing on how we perceive immigrants in the Western world. I think the chorus, like straight up, is she's playing on our fears. Like immigrants, why do we hate immigrants? Because they're here to cause violence and take jobs. And that's exactly mm-hmm. what is going on in the chorus. The gun representing the violence and the cash register sounds that represent money being taken from us. Why do we hate strawberry pickers? Because they're taking jobs from hardworking Americans. Why do we hate immigrants? <laughs> because they're causing violence. Like that's that's what us Americans fucking say when we yeah. are just too stupid, stupid to fucking say anything else. And I think the yeah. chorus just like perfectly exemplifies what is wrong with our ideals and our society. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, and the, mind you, it has gotten better over the years, but it's still far from perfect. No, for sure. Like you, you can you can hate something that you love, right? Like I, I love the angels. Wait, I wait, hate something you love. Yeah, oh. you can hate something that you love. I hate. I, I love the angels. The angels baseball is my favorite. It's my favorite sport. It's my favorite team. But I fucking hate the way some things are run inside them. Much like this country, there's a lot of really good things. Mm. But goddamn, there's a lot of fucking things that just grind my gears. Like. Like PG would say, Peter Griffin would say, "Dude, I was hoping you wouldn't use that reference." <laughs> We're like grind my gears. <laughs> you, you can for sure hate something that you love, absolutely. And and okay, fair. That's that's, fair. that's what makes things better. Is is you love something so much that you pick apart what makes it so horrible, and then you try and fix those mm-hmm. things. And I think that's and that's the most the most mature way to to go about things too. Like it's, try to fix what's wrong and know, I, instead of just going along. It's tough. It's tough out here in Arizona because I do, I have to preface all my arguments with like, Hey, dude, just, just so you know, I love America, but, <laughs> and then it's like, well, what do you mean? But maybe you should leave then. If you don't like it, you should leave. It's like, oh, fuck man. Okay. Well, that's, <laughs> this is a fun conversation. That's yeah. That's not fun. <laughs> <laughs> but but whatever that's 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 what I think the chorus is getting at here. I think the verses are dealing specifically with the way immigrants are trying to make money. And the phrase first she talked about like like making passports, like illegal activities, making fake passports. Like it's a bad thing. But then you think about it, why like who is buying fake passports? Are are you buying a fake passport so you can go visit Mexico? Like no, you're buying a fake passport so you can flee a war-stricken nation. And yeah. so just alone, just just to eat, like, like I'm stealing a loaf of bread to feed my family type of thing. I'm making a fake passport for this, this family so they can flee and gain asylum in America. But we don't, we don't get that second part. As, as Americans, as Westerners, we see you're making a fake passport. You're breaking the law. You should go to jail. It's black or white. There is no gray. Yeah, that's true. And, and very rarely is it out of like the good and the bad, it's very rarely is it you're doing something like that for the good. You know, it's usually always a negative connotation. Yeah. So I guess, I guess my, my interpretation, I, I, my interpretation wasn't that great, but I wanted, I I wanted to like type of thing though. You're talking about like Robin hood, Robin hood essentially stole from the rich and then gave to the poor, which is kind of what MIA is doing. She's stealing ideas from the haves and giving them to the have nots. And then, to yeah. be honest, we are the have nots as far as ideas are concerned because we are, we, we like to think we're progressive thinking, but we still have a lot to learn. Absolutely. Every, so everybody does. It's, it's, 
arrogant. That's what she's doing. Being way too arrogant to think that you're not. She is. She's yeah. a Robin Hood of ideas. I like it. Yeah. Okay. That's what I'll I'm give going it to for. Her. I'm smarter. I'll give it to her. I'm I'm smart too. So <laughs> say that I'm smart too. <laughs> All right. Do we got anything else on paper plants? What What do you think? Dude, I'll go all day. Don't forget about the the music video, the censorship. Like, what else you want to talk about? Ah, pa- okay. Yeah. Paper plane is in, it's in, it's her biggest fucking hit. Like, we would not be doing justice to MIA if we did not talk about paper planes. Even more, more also, so. I I meant to bring this up like a few, a few minutes ago before we got back into paper planes, but did you read about the Oprah thing? No. What Oprah So, thing? yeah, so so apparently like in 2007 or 2008 or something like that, she uh, she met with Oprah and uh, and Oprah took a picture with her, you know, not a selfie, but just like a, a, a like a proper picture uh, with a photographer and then after the picture was taken, Oprah pretty much said like I don't want to talk to you. You're a terrorist. Um, we have nothing to discuss. I don't want to interview. Like she pretty much shut down my, my Maya like right away because she believed that she was a terrorist. But she just took the photo what? as like a photo op, like as just like a a way to show like I'm Oprah. I'm I'm open to everything. But yeah, no, she refused to talk to Maya after that photo was taken. Yeah, pretty fucked, right? <laughs> it's dude, like Oprah's post- such a fucking bitch, dude. I mean, Oprah's such. A I mean, I've never liked her, but it's just, yeah, dude. Oprah's yeah. a cuck, and she is just, she is is a proverbial like fat cow, not like literally, yeah. but she she just she's a shill, man. She will just do whatever oh, she totally. can for fucking ratings. She is not a person of the people, and she's she's one of those people that will donate like a thousand dollars or ten thousand or even a hundred thousand. And everyone like freaks out, but then you realize how much money she actually has, and it's like yeah. us donating a dollar. Or like fucking yeah, and it, 10 cents. When she was like the first woman billionaire in like 1995, you know? Unbelievable. It's just like, dude, the amount of money she has. And that's just like, that's like On hand money. money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's document. That's that's nothing like that she has in the Caymans or anything hidden, you know? That's just money that she's claimed. So fuck that lady. And, and it's it's really kind of great too how Maya, how Maya just came out and told the story. Like she doesn't give a fuck. Like not at all. That's what I like about it too. Like she does not care who she offends. Maya is pretty cool. I think she's fucking dope, and I th- I think like like she she doesn't give herself credit in the way other people probably would because her dad was essentially a freedom fighter, and mm-hmm. and she's not saying like oh yeah I know what it's like because my dad was a freedom fighter. She like flips it and goes the opposite way and says you know what. Like my dad did a lot of great things. Like he was a freedom fighter. He fought for what he believed in, but he was never home. I don't even know who the fuck he yeah. is. And like that's something that you don't ever think about when people are off freedom fighting and when people make the decision mm-hmm. to 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 be a family man or to fight for what they believe in. It's you usually think it's like black or white. Like oh yeah, you should always fight for what you believe in, but then we yeah. don't. You don't get to unpack kind of the the repercussions of that decision and Maya mm-hmm. is the repercussions of that decision like her growing up without a father even though he was doing what he truly believed in she still grew up without a he, father yeah he wasn't a good dad you know <laughs> he was never there like literally yeah. never fucking there and he would send her letters from from time to time or whatever it was but there there was a complete disconnect from her and and her dad and and her mom worked hard to provide food, but never, never like pushed the, 
the Sri Lankan freedom fighting thing on them because that's what the dad was doing. And you can't have both parents doing it because who's going to feed the kids? And that's yeah, a very what, that's a very real thing. What I read too, which I thought was kind of interesting, considering her her beliefs and and what she's talked about in the media, was that her mom, when they moved to London, her mom became a seamstress for the royal family. Yeah, weird, right? Like, it is a little weird that that happens. And then, why would they? I don't know. It's just it's weird knowing that she was a seamstress for them, and then the dad was was you know, this freedom fighter, I guess you could say in Sri Lanka. And then she's saying all this in the media, like, doesn't it make you kind of wonder like, how is that possible? How does that make sense? Well, you think like, okay, so she, she, she moved to London to gain asylum. So they, so they were documented, they were photographed, they were put into, into the area and they were kept tabs on. And what better way to keep tabs on somebody who's married to somebody who is on the front lines then to put him point. in the, you know, to put him in like the, the royal house or whatever the fuck those weirdos Whatever live. she was doing, yeah. <laughs> those fucking or just what they were doing. The royal family cucks live. I don't know what they do over there. A bunch of weirdos. <laughs> Buckingham Palace. <laughs> they, all look, they all look way too similar, dude. They're a fucking weird family. Because they're all like, aren't they like, isn't like the rumor always been that they're all ancestral and they're all yes! like they're first all and in, second cousins Inbred and shit, fucking yeah. weirdos. Because that's what you did, I don't know, back in like King Henry the fucking 45th <laughs> thousandth. I don't know. Bunch of weirdos, man. People in power are just fucking weird. In the dawn of yeah, time. yeah. It's true. Whatever. So censorship, right. yeah, dude. At Paper Planes got censored at MTV. They censored out the 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 finger or the the bullets, the guns, mm-hmm. and they singed yeah. out the weed and bongs part. And there was a big there was so a big stupid. thing with that because Fifty Cent came out and he was just like, "What the fuck, man? MTV's a joke." Even BET was censoring stuff, including Fifty Cent. And he's and then remember like Fifty Cent song, I st- I'll still kill. It was censored to I still will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I dude. Don't remember that? His old fucking not not, not an old song, but like mid to like late two thousands. I think it was like two thousand five, two thousand six song. His song it was yeah. called "I'll Still Kill," and then it was censored to "I Still Will," and then he was <laughs> so all pissed dumb. off. And yeah, he's a big guy. Like you don't piss off Fifty Cent. He took a bunch of bullets yeah, he, too. He didn't die. He took so like four bullets. That's weird. Die, yeah. He took like fourteen bullets and didn't fucking die. Was it that many? <laughs> it was a lot. It was like a thousand or something. I don't know how much it was. <laughs> but then he talked about. He said, "Who the fuck are MTV to make that judgment call? Why are bands like The Killers still totally okay? Mm-hmm. And we're not even talking about that. But my song, I'll Still Kill, which yes, it glorifies violence, whatever. But why is MTV the one making that call?" MTV is supposed to True. be, you know, a, a neutral ground for 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 artistic music and things like that. So, yeah, MIA was censored. That's fun, I guess. And then the yeah. music video. Like, I, I don't know if you watched the music video again, but I did. Yeah, it's boring. I don't like the video. I yeah, whatever. It's I thought it was boring. Yeah. I thought it was super boring. I there was a lot of things like, oh, she's playing on these different aspects, and I was like, no. That's a fucking boring video. It's lame. It's awkward. It's dated. Doesn't make any sense. It's it dumb. was the only video I watched from from this. And I just I don't know why. I just after I watched it, I, I thought, yeah, I don't really care to watch the other one. <laughs> it was stupid. Because normally, just... normally we don't we don't really touch upon the music videos unless we have nothing to talk about. Yeah. And I figured we'd have enough to talk about here to not have to bring it up. So I just that's I I only watch paper planes. So that's good. That's all you really need. Um, and it was dumb video. Yeah. Um, and then, so I just looked it up real quick. 
50 Cent was shot nine times. So this is what it says. Nine it says he returned. Times, dude. He re- he returned to the back seat of his car of the car, and another car pulled up nearby. An assailant walked up and fired nine shots at close range with a nine millimeter handgun. Uh, he was shot in the hand, the arm, the hip, both legs, the chest, and the left cheek. Fuck. Doesn't say if it's a butt cheek or the face cheek. I don't know. No, it was definitely the face. I, I remember him get sh- he got shot in the face, and like that was like the headline. Okay. I think he got shot in the face. Yeah, so that that's what that's what dude happened. nine fucking times. Are you nine, kidding me? At close range too. It wasn't just yeah. That's pretty wild. Survive that shit. How, as as the shooter, you shoot somebody nine times and you don't kill them. How do you them? not bleed out? Yeah, Bruh. how do you not bleed out? I don't get it. It's pretty fucking wild. Damn, that's that's gangster. That that's is, quite a story. It's quite a story for sure. There's nobody else in history that that can that can like pull that off. That I think because Tupac got shot the first time like three or four times. He survived, but that's true. Yeah, he that survived, was three or then, four. Yeah, and then the second time he didn't he didn't last unfortunately. Oh. But I mean, it's true. I mean, well, you never know. He could still be alive too. We just That's don't true. know. All right. So, should we, what, what else do you want to talk about? No, let's let's move what on. Paper planes. Let's, let's, let's put that one to bed. Forty-five minutes later. Yeah, it was a lot. It was. It, it's it's an important song though. Uh, it is. It is. So what's then, what's your one B? My one B. You want to do my one B? You want to do your one B? Let's do your one B. Yeah, okay. You my one B. My one B is the opener. Bamboo banga. Ah, bamboo banga. Bamboo That's my, uh, banga. That's my 8B. I got 8Bs, and that's my 8B. Dude, we're talking, we're jumping right into this album, right into the song. It's that drum machine, heavy bass. And this is a pretty straightforward dance song here. Some verbed up vocals. I like it. I like the background, like, Haas she's throwing out there. I think the yeah, song oh yeah. is fucking unbelievable. You have 8Bs? It's bees? a great... I have 8Bs, yeah, and this is my Damn. number eight. This was, uh, this was more of like... It was more of a hype song. It was a great opener to the record and a great hype song and a great way to introduce like kind of what you're going to be hearing the rest of the record. Minus Paper Planes and Come Around. And a, it's, a great, it's a great way to start it. So I'm going to play a little bit of a Bamboo Banga because we haven't played a song in a while. So here That's it is true. from M.I.A.
There you go. Bamboo Banga from MIA. Bamboo Banga. That's a good one, man. Great way to open up the record. And you know, I feel like I just realized this today. She kind of has like this like early onset vocal fry. Especially in this song. This is like, I can't even do like a proper vocal fry. (laughs) But I really, really, I really heard it this today when I was re-listening to this record for the last time. It's weird. I, get, I don't know, but it's I it's captivating. It. Yeah, it kind of comes along with like the monotony of her vocals because you're doing the same tone for so many bars. At at some point, it's going to become annoying. Well, yeah, but it's not annoying. That that's the thing. That's kind of the charm with with MIA. I felt, especially on these first two records, is that she does a lot of stuff that, for whatever reason, normally would be very annoying, but it works for her. And I don't, I don't get it. It's, it's just captive. It's more captivating than anything, and it gives this like unique taste to her, to her, some of her songs. And I think it's really fantastic, really fantastic stuff. And then Pharrell's on this song, right? If I'm, he see he does he does the come on part. Is that right? him? Yeah, that's what I read. I didn't. I saw somebody post about that on Discogs. They're like, oh, my favorite part is Pharrell saying come on. I'm like, oh, okay, that's yeah. interesting. I mean, then when you listen, you're like, "Yeah, it does sound like Pharrell," but then I forgot to look up to see if it was uh, if it was actually him. Well, okay. but I did not see that, this. but possibly. possibly. Pharrell was everywhere at some point. I mean, I mean, think about it too. In the early mid 2000s, what the Neptunes were doing—I mean, they were working on so many records at the time. That is true. Like not even like popular records, because they were the Neptunes were essentially unknown at that point. Because Pharrell, when he broke away from the group he or the duo i should say it wasn't until like the late 2000s when he started to collaborate by himself with other artists so but the neptunes did a lot it's a lot of shit so bamboo banga um, is your eighth banger huh that's my eighth b yeah my okay. eighth banger all right um should we get into my one b or do you have anything do yeah we have, or no, what do we got lyric, lyrically on bamboo um i i don't know i thought this song was just about poverty pointing out poverty but a little more nuanced mm-hmm. a little bit this was one of the ones where much like a uh, semi-charm life right people thought it was such a cool song it was funny until they realized it was about meth addiction i think like bamboo <laughs> bang bamboo banga is kind of the same way it's a fun little track mm-hmm. until you realize it's it's a little deeper yeah well and i i wouldn't necessarily say deeper but it's more of like a shout out to 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 where kind of she came from or like countries like that like impoverished countries countries or third world countries saying you know i'm here i'm 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 this i'm i'm speaking out i'm talking about us and and kind of what i went through i know what you're going through and this is like a a shout out to that you know and making you know voices heard that weren't aren't normally heard and i feel like it also relates to her traveling the world when she recorded this record she recorded this record in like i think eight or nine different places so cool yeah, it's pretty rad, and and a lot of those countries were countries that you wouldn't normally record music in. They're just like small little places, a lot of impoverished places, and I feel like this is a shout out song to all that. And like I said earlier, this is this kind of sets you up for what you're going to be hearing lyrically, musically, throughout the rest of the record. That's what I got on, on, on lyrically on that one. But okay, okay. Well, I'm dying to know what is your one B? XR XR two, <laughs> dude. <laughs> This song blew me away. Like what? I cannot believe 
you, this isn't a oh banger for you? Oh my god, no, it is my it's my six B. I love this song, but I got oh it. Oh my I've, god, this one, dude, this song is okay. so good. That, this is, to, I mean, I don't know much about the London music scene, but then after reading the lyrics and what they're what it's about, it's just like this is exactly what I would have imagined the London music scene being in the mid nineties. Like this is just so it's so specific and it's so dancing, like almost a Euro dance style. And, but then she has this vocal delivery that do you, do you ever hear the lonely Island song jizz in my pants? Yeah. <laughs> Her vocal delivery is a lot like the verses in that song where it's just like, it's very kind of like almost monotone, but like lower register. And and then in Jizz in My Pants song, they sing with the or they talk, or they rap with a British accent. <laughs> so it, it just I just every time I hear this song, I think of that. And then I also just love like the fake trumpet sounds and just everything is so electronic in the song and it's super fast, upbeat, dance beat. It's dude, I think this is an absolute banger of a song. And there's not I don't feel like there's anything deep on this song lyrically. Nah. I, it's just it's just her talking about growing up in that scene and that music scene and pretty much what they did. Like there's like that was the scene. Like it wasn't like high end. It wasn't they weren't doing anything crazy. They were just partying and having a good time with each other and just living just living a good life. Just living the only thing the only way they knew how at the time, you know. This is this is the rave scene from the from the early nineties. That's oh, that's all this is. It's the is throwback so song. It's and like literally she's just spitting out a bunch of cool shit from the scene back in the day everything that she yeah. liked there's no deeper meaning than this it's just a fun song all around i feel like the the latter half of the record is better than the first half and one of those reasons is because of this song and a couple other ones but mostly yeah mostly this one this song is just it's so good man it's so okay. fucking good it's so silly but uh yeah i'm going to play a little bit of xr2 so here it is from MIA. Where were you in ninety two? 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 Ninety two, ninety two, ninety ninety, ninety two. There you go, XR2 from MIA. Even the title of the song is just the, a name of a type of car. That's all it is. It's so cool. I love it. Did, did you know what, I, I get so what an XR2 was before this? 
No, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, I had no idea either. <laughs> I had no idea. And then you look up the car, and then I thought, ah, so British. <laughs> That's what I think. Exactly. <laughs> I, I was like, okay, I completely understand this song now based off of that car, that car type I alone. I get it. <laughs> it's so British looking. Oh, my God. I loved it, though. Oh, that song is so good. I playlisted it. it this, that song is fantastic. I think it's so good. I don't know, man. Maybe maybe I'm becoming like a Britishman. I don't know. Maybe I, British hip hop is like my new thing. Maybe I'm going to start getting into that stuff, into that scene. What does Skip think? I want to know what Skip thinks. Let me know. This is, this is a, I mean, this is like, I don't fucking even know, but I, I feel like, I feel like they get everything a little bit later than we do. And I, I'm only basing that mm-hmm. off of because she's pulling out tricks that were not popular in America at the time. And I'm basing that off of friend of the pod Sloan who love him <laughs> or hate him was heavily into the genre and he's pulling out records like five, six years before some of this stuff was coming out that sounds like this. I was like, oh, wow, this sounds exactly like MIA's call-up. But this, when this came out, oh, this came out in 1991, 1990. I was like, fuck, okay. dude. So it almost sounds like Brit- like the England was getting things a little bit later. Maybe, yeah, maybe in the electronic realm. But I mean, hip hop too. Like, like uh, yeah, hip hop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure, like hip hop. And then in the, I don't know. Not that it's like it, it's not diminishing what she's accomplished or what anyone's accomplished in England. It's just they're getting things a little bit later, so it's putting a different spin on it when we're hearing it again as Americans. It's been more True. refined in England. But you know also, what I mean? when when you when you also think of say hip hop. Hip hop started here in the United States. Like that started in New pretty much New York. Like New York was the the center of hip hop when it when it began. So it's like you have something that, that originates here and of course it's going to begin to spread throughout the US and obviously the world. So I mean, I, I understand for a genre for genres that started here, you know, it's going to get over there at a later time, 5 10 years later. So it's not it's like, not outrageous. Like techno itself, I'm pretty sure techno started in like Europe. Like techno is from uh, yeah, Europe. like very Euro, like yeah, Germany Euro. or France or like. I'm pretty sure techno, not, like not really England, but yeah, early '80s started in Europe because a lot of the stuff like Sloan listens to. It's it's like German. He's like, oh, this German house band from fucking 1985. <laughs> or fucking this France techno band from nineteen. Or you also see like you see a lot of DJs who who primarily just tour Europe. They don't tour the United States, but I don't know if that's just because Euro or or dance music is more popular over there. But yeah, I don't know. It it's all strange. It's all so strange to me. It is it is a new genre for sure. The the, the techno stuff, and in and when we say techno, we it's encompassing all of electronic music because we're mm-hmm. naive and. We think we're funny, um, but XR two. I mean, you and I are really funny, but yeah, no, for sure, yeah. probably the funniest, the most funny, yeah. the funniest, the, mo- the most funniest out of everybody. Let, let's just use all of them. Let's just mm-hmm. use all of the different ways of saying it. XR two is a banger, uh, man. And then once you start listing things off, like who doesn't like who doesn't <laughs> like so acronyms? Good. Right? Acronyms are the, the bee's knees. That's why that's why humans uh, make acronyms. We love them. <laughs> and I love all of them, and I, and, I, and I love listening to it. And then be like, oh, she said this. I recognize that. Oh, she, this. I recognize that. And it's just, it's fun. It's a good, 
<laughs> it's a great time. It's obnoxious. It's really a great time. But it's good. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fucking dumb. Let, let's read let's read some of them. The it's good. XR2 808 MP3 MC Elnt or Eint or whatever. XOX to MC5 MTV had ADD NBC and BET. Like it's just it's so stupid. It's just like <laughs> like these acronyms don't even they're not even related. It's just so. It's and in the way she says it too, she's not like MTV had ADD. She's like MTV had ADD. And it's so monotone. Like she's <laughs> so boring it up yeah. so much. Like why is being so boring so great? It's when so did that happen? I don't know. I don't know. Man, it's so good. I think I'm. Maybe I'm going to start getting into like London or underground London hip hop. I think I might start getting into that. Oh damn, girl! Because there, there's one song that went viral on TikTok last year. I know I'm a TikTok man, but it's this girl named Millie B, and she's from. I'm pretty sure she's from London, and she put out a song called "M to the B," which is so stupid. Millie B, M to the B, so dumb. But it was a diss track to somebody else in the scene, and it's a pretty solid diss track. But it's so fucking British. Like her accent is so, it's so thick. But it's I don't know whatever I I I. I I get so hyped when I listen to it. Like I rarely feel that way about like pop music or like just music like that. But that's how I listening to that stupid song. And then this song, I felt the same way. So maybe it's not <laughs> stupid song, stupid music. I just, I don't know. I don't know what it is. No, they, yeah. Maybe, maybe I'm going to start getting into, yeah. Maybe I'm going to start getting into underground London hip hop. That's my new thing. <laughs> Honestly, like <laughs> I, I've listened to some underground, like London or England hip hop. Yeah. It's it's when I can hear their accent that draws me away. <laughs> really, that's what draws me in, dude. It's like just... it completely takes me out of the uh, the intensity of it, <laughs> and that's why yeah, I really it's never like intense. But I I really like like the Rubber Bandits and 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 that because that is kind of like hip hop. I don't know how big it is in in England or if it's underground or whatever, but that's I like that because. Dude, I'm from America. I think English accents are goofy. I think all accents are goofy. I think unless you talk the way I do, I think it's goofy. And so when, you, I, when I hear it, I laugh. And so I can't, I can't be hearing English gangster rap and then, then listening to Cillian Murphy fucking speak in Peaky Blinder talk. Is that Killian Murphy? I think it's Killian Murphy. I think it's Cillian Murphy. But it makes me yeah. laugh. I giggle, and then well, I, honestly, anything outside of the uh, the Poway accent is goofy because the Poway accent is the the ultimate accent. You can't get better than that or cooler than that. So I mean, there's, there's got to be there's got to be one accent that everything is based off of, right? The Queen's <laughs> English. That no, well, can't be that because we're both <laughs> laughing at, as we say it. So that can't be it. Are we basing it off of the Powie accent? Is the Powie accent like the end all accent? Everything comes from the Powie accent. Is Tom DeLong like the authority on how to speak proper words? Tom DeLong is God. Okay, all right. I, I mean, I'm I'm willing to get behind that. I am. Might as well. Might as well go for it. Create a hashtag. Tom DeLong is God. Powie accent is. <laughs> <laughs> Let's say uh, Poway, Poway accent. It's not uh, a. We, 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 we got to come it, up with some hashtag or something. It's not a hashtagable dialect, though. Like, how do you hashtag spiders? <laughs> Spider. <laughs> you, you can't hashtag oh spiders. <laughs> 
Is there like a is there like an umlaut oh that was invented for the O's <laughs> for the Poway like, accent? <laughs> we oh, got we got to create like a whole new like kind of alphabet just to to accommodate the Poway accent. Dude, that would be unbelievable. That'd be so stupid, but I'd love it. I think Tom would 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 like it for like ten <laughs> seconds too. <laughs> <laughs> oh god it's so it's awful it's terrible what's your what's your, what's your 2b what's your 2b well, but you didn't say your 2b uh, did i not no you didn't you didn't i no we both did our 1b's and then that's your turn oh yeah my what do you notes got for your 2b not, uh, my notes are not deleted here well let me pod reading man pod pod reading and pod deleting is very difficult for you my 2b is jimmy and I, I, my first, the first line of my notes here says Tyler's gonna hate this disco beat. I, oh, well, it's not a banger for me, but it's still a good song. Mm-hmm. It's far from a stinker. I mean, there's only one song that's on the edge of being a stinker, and that's "Come Around." Oh, okay, that's fair. But, but Jimmy, Jimmy's a good song. I, I actually did like the beat. I mean, I'm not, I'm not opposed to disco beats. It's just. When you when you just dive head first into a disco song, it can be bad. But she does it really well. I didn't, like, I didn't song. think like song. I didn't think there was going to be that much disco, as much disco as there was on this album going into this. I like I, I had no fucking idea. Well, I didn't think there would be any disco going into this. That's, that's true. That's Especially true. after listening to the first record, this this one this is one that that's what's so cool about this record too is that she catches you so off guard when, when you're expecting one thing, then she throws in a song like Jimmy and you're like, okay, there's up to this point, there's nothing like this song. And then you get up to mango pickle down river and you're like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and then you get to world town. Wow. This is, this is like cool world music. And then XR two. And you're like, okay, I'm in London underground hip hop. So it's just like, you're, you're just hit with all this, this weird ass shit, but it's so good. It's so good. There's a lot of, um, there's a lot of Bollywood, and Jimmy, there's a lot of Bollywood style in this. Yeah. And I, I, I love the attention to some detail here. Like the, for instance, the hi-hat, it's just not just riding the, it's that third note that's a really open hi-hat. So you're getting that really abrasive open hi-hat note. It is very disco, but at least it gives the song a little like some, some. It's a little bit more. It, it catches little, you little off guard. And that's what you need. You need you need to be caught off guard because you don't want the same. Because she she tends to use a lot of percussion in her music for her beats, a lot of African style or or pulled from that that style. So you you get a lot of that. So when you throw a beat like this in, it's just so. It's it just it just really really catches you off guard. So and that's good. I mean that that's that shows a good artist and shows a good songwriter because she can. She can mix it up like that, but still make it good and still make it interesting. I'm not criticizing it at all, but you you actually criticize all of it. <laughs> so I didn't, that's but fine. that's okay. Keep thinking that. That's fine. Okay. So what what do you got? I mean, do you want to, we can play this song and talk about the lyrics? What do you? This think? is a this is a, a kind of a cover. So, there's a lot of like covers slash interpolations that she uses in this album. Yeah. And this is this is from an '80s Bollywood movie called Disco Dancer. Or the song is called Disco Dancer, that. which itself was inspired by a song by the group Ottawan and their song Tess OK, which I think is a French group. But hmm. I am not like I know I know what Bollywood is. 
I, I'm aware of it. There is a big mm-hmm. Bollywood scene in like Norwalk, close to Buena Park. So I've I've yeah, been Cerritos. there. Yeah, Cerritos. Is it Cerritos? It's Cerritos. Yeah. Yeah. They, there's there's that whole there's that whole street it's like an entire right there. block almost. Yeah. Well, no, it's more than it's like five blocks. It's an entire fucking street almost. So like yeah, I've and been there. I have drank yeah. there at like the two bars that they had, and I've watched two or three Bollywood movies called Bahubali. Okay. Which are so good. They're so fucking good. And, <laughs> and if I could like sum up Bollywood based off of these two movies that I've watched, it's just over the top, completely over the top. Musical arrangements, songs, action, acting, everything about it. Dude, if you, I, think, I think they're still on Netflix. If you watch these movies called Bahubali, they are just... Bahubali? What made you watch them? Because they were so crazy. It, this guy fucking like... There was an elephant with big, huge tusks, like a woolly mammoth, <laughs> charging at this guy, and he just reached out with his arms, grabbed the tusks, and planted his feet in the ground, and like stopped the elephant from charging. <laughs> I was like, "Whoa, I'm in, man. I'm, I'm in." I assume, I assume this is like a modern Bollywood movie. Yeah, this Not is probably like, like the 70s. 2000. No, this is like 2010 ish. Okay, okay. So so it's a little bit more outlandish than what they were doing like Bollywood in the 70s and 80s, which I've always seen clips of, but I've never seen an actual movie. And the shit from back then was wild and crazy, but this sounds even crazier. I think just with technology, <laughs> they 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 and when I say they, I mean Bollywood. Well, the industry, yeah, the industry. Yeah, the industry is just is just taking it a step further and, and appealing to not just like the Hollywood masses, but you know, like uh, us Americans that want more, I want more craziness, more action, more explosions. And you know what's, when you really think about it, like Bollywood doesn't need to, they don't need to appeal to American audiences at all. Because when you look at the, the amount of money that comes into that industry and it's, it's almost as big, if not as big as Hollywood itself, but it's never talked about here because white people because of white people i mean that's essentially what it is it's yeah. just not it's not an american thing so we're not going to touch one it's like with, with sports you know we don't focus on soccer and cricket but the rest of the world does but we focus on football and baseball two very very american sports but worldwide people focus on soccer and cricket which are way more popular than baseball and football it's this this like american arrogance and i feel like it's the same thing with hollywood and bollywood it's wild. Yeah. No, it's it's that is true. Except for the fact that baseball is America's and Earth's greatest sport. But Earth, that's why that's why we have the World Series. Obviously. Yes. I yeah. forgot about the World Series. The yeah. two thousand two world champion Anaheim Angels. I've said it once, I've said it I've said it again. It's you'll keep duh. saying it for the rest of your life. So. That's that's what it is. It is what it well, is. No, well, it's no, it's not. Nah. But yeah, Jimmy, man, Jimmy's my two B. I think this is okay. uh, from what I read. This was a song that she wrote about a relief worker that she had worked with, and then mm-hmm. uh, she wanted to court him, and they wanted to have relations. But he was kind of a, a, a non-committal dude, and, yeah, and he was so a little she was, fickle. yeah. So she was kind of left there, like, bro, like you want me or no? And he was like, well, maybe I want you. And she's like, no, you want me or no? And he was yeah. like, well, then no. And she's like, well, maybe he still wants me. Yeah, she was like, she was, she was really into him from what I got to. She was really, really into him, but she, but he kept turning her down or not avoiding her, but just kind of like, I don't know, just being kind of a dick, you know, just, just stop being a coward. Just say, if you don't want to meet up, then don't meet up, you know, just don't, don't give her the run around. Hard to get. 
yeah, don't. I mean that, <laughs> that that's that's silly boy stuff right there. So, so we yeah we we don't play silly boy games here at Ask Radio. <laughs> and Jimmy's a silly boy. So Jimmy, yeah, fucking Jimmy too. I, what, what? Jimmy is fucking guy. What well, are you it's, fucking it's, five? It's like the, Come on. yeah, it's uh, his name wasn't Jimmy <laughs> to be fair. Yeah, I know. But yeah. Jimmy is Jimmy is like that. Like nobody influential was ever named. I guess Jimmy Carter was well, Jimmy named Carter. Jimmy. Yeah, <laughs> 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 U.S. president within the last like fifty years, Jimmy Carter. Yeah, yeah but not everybody liked Jimmy Carter, though. To be fair, yeah, a lot like, of people didn't. A lot like of dissent in Jimmy Carter's presidency. True, but, but Jimmy, still, like, it's still a kicking. stupid. It's a stupid. It's a stupid name. Jimmy. Yeah, I know. It's it's very infantile. It's like, you, yeah, you pretty much don't want to be called Jimmy after the age of like ten. Yeah, grow yeah. up, Jimmy Carter. Okay, grow up and do something with your. <laughs> I mean, life. obviously, some people are are there are there is an except an exception, but yeah, there the is an exception. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Jimmy. But I think that's also plays with you know what she's kind of trying to get across in the song that he was childish. immature and childish. Yeah. So good song okay. though. Should good we song. play it or, or what do you think? That's right. We can we can move on. We've we've gone for a minute and we got a lot of bangers to get through. Okay, so so my my two B is um uh oh my god dude uh is it mango pickle it's mango pickle no mango pickle is my 7b okay but i love that song though that's a cool song okay okay oh man there's so many cool songs on this but my 2b is a world town uh this is another one that that man it should be really annoying it should not be this this catchy but I, I I am so hooked every time I hear this song. I'm absolutely hooked. I love this song. the The beat, the the chorus. It's just so stupid. It's so dumb, but I love it. I yeah. Absolutely love it. And this it's is, so different from XR two. You know, it's the the two. So my two favorite songs are just so wildly different from one another. This is more in the vein of like what she was doing on her first record. Like the I don't I don't want to say quirkiness, but just the her own style. It's her style that she kind of defined. So it, it's a good, it's a good song. Really good song. What do you this got on is, it? Uh, I mean, first of all, I, I think this is one of the best hooks on the album. I absolutely oh, yeah. love it. I think it's so catchy. It's so fun. I think her, uh, her little needy knee parts. They're so like, this is my four B. They're so snotty. It's yeah, so yeah. fucking good, but it's all about like, I don't know if this is what it is, but it's all about that bassoon sounding thing that high pitched. Yeah. Little, the high pitched little bugger, whatever that thing is, I love that. I love to throw that it so British fucking much. Yeah, I'm trying to, I'm trying to identify myself the with the, whatever it is. Yeah, you, you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, I know what you're saying. But yeah, that that's like my favorite. I think that's like the the cherry on top of this damn near perfect song. It's fucking fantastic. So let's um let's play a little bit of World Town and then we'll we'll get into the lyrics a little bit. So here we go from MIA.
then quietly, yeah. See me, see me acting like you ain't met me. See me, see me band up. There you go, a little bit of World Town from MIA. Man, I so do you think it's a bassoon, right? That the the main the main kind of thing. I don't know. It's some kind of modulation. I don't know what it is. I thought it was a bassoon just because it can hit that kind of grainy high note. Yeah, but I was uh, thinking more like a like a like a like a Moog device, like some some weird electronic thing, like almost something like de facto would use. To like supplement whatever Ooh, yeah. Ike was doing, you know, because you know Ike always did like a lot of organ stuff or the um, the melodica, but I feel like maybe like Jeremy would throw in like a weird moog sound, and that's kind of what this is. But they they built an entire kind of hook with that one weird weird moog sound. I don't know, maybe I'm crazy, but that actually but makes it's, it's so a catchy. lot of sense. Like that, I can I can I can hear. I mean, just because de facto is an electronic band, but driven band, but that that makes sense. That sound—I don't know what that sound it's is. The sound, yeah. But that's uh, that's how I I can describe it in my mind, where I think sometimes. Yeah, where you, that's I what mean, it sounds I hope, like. I hope so. I yeah. hope you think in your mind. But no, that, that's what I feel. And then the dude, you mix that with the nee 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 part. Like, why is that even catchy? Why is it so... It's so obnoxious. <laughs> it is, but it's so good. Like, you can't help but just nee, love nee, it. Nee. Oh, my God. I don't know if it... I don't know if it, if it is like a... Like a Sri Lankan thing, like in, in the music stylings of that country, or is it more like an Indian styling? I don't know. Like, I don't know much... I especially don't know a lot about Sri Lankan music, but... Maybe it's a little Indian based as well. I'm I'm not really sure, but it sounds I, so good. Just the, the think, melody and the the tone of it. I mean, like again, when when we first started doing this, there was a lot of terms I was going to throw out that were probably not right. But yeah. I think Indian sounding is is a fairly good blanket description for for a lot of our Western fans. True. That true, listen true, to the true. pod. They can, they can kind of get the idea, and and in in doing so, I would hope that a lot of our fans would would dig would dig a little deeper, dive a little deeper, get into mm-hmm. it, and then uh, learn the actual names, the actual genres for these, which I had written one down earlier, but then I deleted it, so I cannot yeah. recall what it was. Fucking pause like bang bang rot or something. Did I say that earlier? Uh, no, you said banga, bamboo banga. That's what no, you were saying. I said Bangra. Bangra was another. No, what? No, what's the um the song from the first record? What's the song from the first record? The first song you ever heard? No, it was Bangra. Bangra is is. Uh, I'm not even gonna go into it, but I definitely did say Bangra. <laughs> it's a type of like Punjabi traditional folk music with a little bit of oh, pop okay, influence. Okay. Fucker. Wait, what's so? But cool it was about bamboo. MIA. Bamboo. Whatever. You're right. Go ahead. I, what I was going to say is like MIA is so cool in that she she just blends like the coolest or at least I think the most interesting parts of 
certain parts of the world with modern Western pop music. Like she's so, I mean, I know it's not just her, it's like Diplo and, and various other people, but for the most part it is her, you know, it's like, I'd say it's like 75, 70, 75% her. And then everything else is, is, you know, whoever, but she, she just has this way of blending these different stylings that would never work. They would just would never work with anybody else, but I don't know how she does it. I really don't know. It might be the accent. Maybe it's the, that kind of British accent she has that really kind of, it makes it maybe more, more accepting to like Western ears because we, we understand that accent more than, you know, most other accents outside of American accents. If that makes sense. I, I think it's just because she, she, she's all in. I think like yeah. this song, like the nee, 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 that's so fucking annoying. Like that's yeah, shit that we so would tear bitter. apart. Like if we did, like if Britney Spears did something like that, we would tear it apart. Or if fucking John Feldman did this with Oh Mike my Blink. God, are you kidding? Oh my, if Blink did nee, 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 nee's, they do, Dude. they do na-na-na's. They don't do nee, 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 They don't nee, nee, nee's. No. But then, but then you also, Jeff, it's first thought, best thought. So then it's okay. Oh God, dude, there's just dude, no way. Dude, if it's way. first thought, best thought, it's it's totally okay. It's, according it's, to Feldy, it's the fact that she can like jump headfirst into the deep end. She's all in, and she's lived it. But it's not. It's political, but it's not. It's not being shoved down your throat. It's a little yeah. bit more subtle. You can you can you can sing Paper Planes like we did throughout our call or our high school senior year and we can do our finger guns and it's funny and everything, but then there's but still like a subtlety to it. There's, paper there's a little more complexity. High school though. No paper planes came out. Well, the album came out like right as we were, it was like early 2005. It was like, as we were graduating high school. Kala? This Kala? album? Kala came out in 2007. Yeah. What? Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. October or in October, August eighth, two thousand seven. Oh, damn! You had that lined up, didn't you? <laughs> well, I just looked back on the on the the main notes and the in the show notes. I, I that's something I probably should not have deleted early on. So <laughs> here now we I'm are. Guessing myself, but no, yeah, it was recorded in two thousand six and oh seven, and then it was released in August two thousand seven. It's but the, I mean, still, like it's something that in our early career as as humans going into the real world. Yeah. We had no problem throwing our finger guns up and then the, the bang, bang, bang parts and then doing like a, the, the give me the money sign with your fingers hitting your palms with your palms up. You know what I mean? I'm doing it right now. <laughs> like, give me, give me, give me. So but like, that's, that's, what, that's what we do. That's what everybody did to this song. Mm-hmm. And then you realize years later that this, like she had something to say in that one, but she presented mm-hmm. it in a pop fashion. And yeah, I mean... There's no better way than than to get through to Americans than disguise real situations in digestible pop music. That's true. That's very true. We eat it up. Lyrically, too, I, I feel like this is, to me, I got that this is a criticism of the ultra rich and how they make the money off the backs of the poor who do way more than, like, you know, the big fat cats at the top. And, you know, they're, they're the ones that actually are are doing something significant and they're the ones being taken advantage of and how we need to kind of like, I mean, it, it's a pretty common, you know, idea. Obviously it's a very common idea. I should say that. And, but she does it well. She presents it well in this song, but that's just like a, a general overview of what this is. Like people taking advantage of the lower class of the lower classes. That's pretty much what the song is lyrically. Yeah, I could, I could see that. 
that's that's that goes along with what I got. Okay, Lovely. from Sublime, right? What yeah. I got. Yeah. No, I, I thought I thought Roll Town was nah. was was kind of um, going along the lines of of the Invisible Children thing because this mm-hmm. this is like this came out right after Invisible Children really blew up and yeah, like with thrice and shit. Yeah, yeah. and it, not that it was like a bad thing. I said, yeah, oh, like, it's a good thing. Invisible Children a, is terrible. It, there no, was controversy involved in the Invisible Children and the exploitation of of certain viewpoints. But overall, it was a good thing to do. But I think Roll Town, I think Roll Town is is a song that's trying to say, like in the most cliche way, that we all live in the same world. So the problems that one area faces are kind of all of our problems. Mm. And then Roll Town is kind of saying the biggest problem is like child soldiers, and okay, yeah. a very a very not even Western, but a very affluent, a very middle-class, upper-class mindset is like, damn, I'm glad I don't live in a thorough country where I have to worry about child soldiers. I don't live here. I don't have to worry about that. And I think this song is directly saying that, it's like like it's not saying that it's my fault personally, that Mm -hmm. I'm contributing to it, but it is kind of my problem. And I think yeah. World Town, because when you're saying like throw your hands up, she's not speaking to like the child soldier. She's thinking like she's speaking to everybody in the entire like face of the earth. Like, yo, we all need to, we all need to rise up. This is something that is real, that is happening, and it was happening in Uganda, and it was happening in Sri Lanka, and it was happening all over the world, and even still today, people of our generation, and Invisible Children was big, and it was a big grassroots movement. But people yeah. still in our generation have no fucking idea what it, what it actually was. And that it even like, happened. That anything yeah, and then, and then, outside well, of America even happened. Kind of like piggybacking off what you were saying, like, you know, children going off to war or fighting battles or whatever. You know what I mean. Piggybacking off that, I mean, when you look at the, the United States, that's essentially what we do, but we, we set it up in such a way that it doesn't seem like we're sending children off yeah. To the military, because I mean, when we were we in high set school, up an we, arbitrary number of 18, all of a sudden now well, you're 18 and you're an adult. But not only that, but drink. it's also, but it's also, you know, when we were in high school, I almost joined the Marines when I was a fucking junior in high school. You know, I was here. 16, 17 years Staff old. Staff Sergeant Bofa. <laughs> fucking Bofa these nuts. Yeah, Bofa these nuts. That was his real <laughs> name though, Bofa. Not Bofa these nuts, but it was Staff Sergeant Bofa. <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's just like, we you're you're kind of like groomed once you're like in junior high i feel with like the rotc rotc program and and all the other stuff that goes on in middle school and high school like you're you you start to be groomed to join the military and then you can join when you're six you can essentially like kind of join when you're 16 and do some sort of like preliminary like boot boot um uh boot camps or wait wait what um yeah, boot camps. Yeah. And then by the time you're 18, you know, you go through the main one for what, five months, four months or whatever. And then you're fucking shipped off to wherever the fuck they want to send you. So it's like, it's really, it's not that different here than it is in many parts of the world, like third world countries too. I mean, yeah, they might start them like a year or two younger, but it's here. It's, it's, it's veiled very <laughs> differently than it is 
elsewhere and well, it, it's the, pretty crazy there's there is a difference though and the difference is in much like her song on this album twenty dollar the difference mm-hmm. is in america we're we're tricked into joining whereas in other countries we're seeing where people or children are 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 forcefully given an ak yeah. and forced to do things that they don't want to do whereas here there's an illusion of choice and kind of a some semblance of choice. Yeah. Whereas in other but countries, there is no choice. That is very true. But then it doesn't make either one of those situations better. You know, it's just what, I mean, it almost makes it almost more sinister when you think about how we're kind of led to believe like that's the way to go here in the United States. Like when you like thinking about like with my, with my grandpa who grew up in fucking the mountains of Pennsylvania on a dairy farm with like, 12 or with 12 other siblings you know he would when he was like 16 17 years old he he thought to himself i don't want to work on a farm i have no skills i'm not going to i can't afford to go to college this is in the 1950s so he's like "Eh, i'll just enlist because that's what i'm told to do if i I have no skills if i don't have this or that and i don't want to stay on the farm might as well enlist that's what i'm told to do that's what he did that's exactly what he did that's my other grandpa did the same thing you know, going into the Korean War, it was the same exact thing. Like, my other grandpa grew up in Indiana, like rural Indiana, and he just he had nothing else going on. So I thought, okay, I'm told to do this. If I don't have this certain skill set, might as well. So even, I mean, just you're just groomed into this. And nowadays, I think it's like way more sinister than it was even 20 years ago when we were in high school. But that dude, that all goes along with paper planes, man. Like war and and money like that's that's what drives society mm-hmm. you know that's it's fucking wild man it's uh is it really wild like i don't understand like 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 i don't think we're the smartest dudes on the face of this well we're definitely fucking yeah we're not we, we like to think we are square mile radius but we like to think we are but we're not it's it's crazy how many people on facebook and instagram will talk about how much they hate the government and how much they distrust everything but We'll still do the same thing over and over and over and, and, and still yeah. blindly follow and still be divided and conquered and still hate their fellow citizen, whereas they don't, they're hating the player, but not hating the game type of thing. And, and yeah. I don't, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's sad. It's sad. And I don't, I don't know. We, we're, we're go, kind of going down on like a rabbit hole here. That yeah. We don't need to go down. But, uh, so what, what was your three B? What else do you want to talk about? What do you want to do? Uh, no, my three B was paper planes. Oh, it was. Okay. And then my four B was world town. Oh, okay. I mean, we, we can kind of wrap it up. I mean, we, we, we pretty much have a lot of the same, yeah, a lot of the same stuff. So, it's, I mean, we're, we're really just going to essentially go off onto how much we dislike organized government, yeah. how much we dislike people, <laughs> Actually, there is one song that I thought was so unique and so specific to a region. And that's, I just wanted to, we, we don't talk about it really a lot, but I, I thought it was interesting was Mango Pickle Downriver. This is my 7B. And then when you read more about it. The Wilcannian Mob. Yeah. So this was like a, a, a hip hop group, an Aboriginal hip hop group from Australia. And these, these kids were like between the ages of like 14 or 12 and 15 or something like that. And there's four of them, and they were they were popular within the region, that part of Australia, 
and they're ab- they're you know aboriginals they're ab- aborigines oh, what's the proper term i don't know well, I don't but know. you get the gist of it uh and and she had them on this song or it was it, it's essentially their song but she threw in her own verse into the song yeah and then threw it on this album so i like that a lot too like she she let them do their thing and then like throw in her little flair just to have it in there but like it wasn't the centerpiece of the song it was it was everything else and it was such a unique song and i really liked it and there's of course the didgeridoo uh kind of like playing throughout the song which i mean i love the didgeridoo i'm a sucker for that's another instrument i'm a sucker for so i thought it was just such a unique and cool song and this kind of just talks about like you know the the way aboriginal or aborigines people are treated not just in australia but you know the native americans here in the united states and and all that stuff you know it's just all these cultures are just kind of slowly being erased or destroyed by genocide or whatever you know and uh and it was it was just a very interesting track on this record and throwing it pretty much like right in the middle of the album was interesting too so i thought it was cool i thought it was a really really cool song yeah it was it was a good like uh it was a very degaff attitude by by Maya to throw this on here because it's kind of bad. It's bad <laughs> because it's not it's not it's not polished whatsoever. No, their, their rapping is it sounds like it's fucking from a bunch of twelve year olds. I know, but it's but so charming. Yeah, that's that's like the good thing about it is because she layered this entire album with songs kind of in this vein. It made this song even better. Yep absolutely and she really set up but in i read too that this is like within the group with the the wakania the wakania mob this is an award-winning single for them so i don't know i don't know what award they won i mean <laughs> we all know awards are kind of stupid anyway but i mean i mean it, i guess it kind of says something that it won an award but oh, yeah how it, it means something oh uh, yeah it really doesn't but I, I still wanted to throw that in there for the people that, that, that like awards. So and I also want to throw in there too, before we're done mm-hmm. that God forbid Timbaland help out on a track and not fucking open his mouth. Like, dude, <laughs> like, do you have to fucking sing on every single thing? And then he's also says like the baby girl, like he didn't on that song, the way I are like yeah. the baby girl. Oh, that's, a good song, boat, that's a great song. But like, dude, does, so does he also have to, does he always have to fucking open his goddamn mouth to just help produce a song, help write a song. You don't have to fucking sing on it. Shut Even up. Even the opening, the opening, like Ugh. first, the first like two seconds of this song sound like the Nelly Furtado song on the record, on the Timbaland record. <laughs> what is it? Not man. It's not man eater. What's the other one? That's on I there. don't remember the song, but I do know what it sounds like. And you know exactly great. what I'm talking about, right? Right? Like it's a great that, song. That, it's a great song, but like that opening two seconds is almost identical to the Nelly Furtado one. And uh, and then also I it would so, it's just so weird that this song the song Come Around was on the deluxe version of that Timbaland record. It was Aftershock or something like that. Yeah. And then it ended up being on hers. Like it's just it's so unnecessary. Like why even put it on here? Except for the name. Like, I think it was only really done because of the name. And at the time, Timbaland was just on fire because of, like, the, uh, pretty much because of the Justin Timberlake stuff. Justin Timberlake and the Missy Elliott stuff. He was just, like, on top of the world at the time. So, I guess just throwing his name on her on her record would give it a lot a lot of, a lot more hits, I guess you could say. Yeah, for sure. And it's just annoying that he opens his mouth and 
Like she can carry this out no by flow. herself. He doesn't. Yeah, he just he has no flow. He's a great he's, producer and a great beat maker, but yeah, he's like that, he's a terrible rapper. He, he's a worse Dr. Dre, is what he is. Oh he's, yeah, way worse, dude. He's just vocally. Uh, that's all I Both got. Both have great beats, though. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, um, so we're we're gonna we're gonna give our final thoughts, give our uh, rating of the record. So we have a three point rating system where three is a perfect record, two is a good record. You're gonna continue to listen to one is a bad record, but give it a shot. And zero is a trash fire. So, what are your final thoughts and rating? Go. Ugh. My final thoughts were I did not think this week was going to be as electronic as it was. I have, mm-hmm. uh, like I said, I've only listened to her last album, the one with Skrillex on it. I forgot what it's called, Matanji. And then I listened to this one. It's not Matanji. Okay. It's not Matanji? Oh, no, AIM, 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 no, AIM, 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 was AIM, last. AIM. Well, it's no, Matanji no, it's was AIM. actually good. Is it AIM? No, it's AIM. Okay, thank you. Um, so yeah, the, I listened to the last one, AIM, because it had Skrillex, and I was super stoked no, about AIM, it. Um, I listened to this album, but it was only to like, like uh, in the past five or six years. And then I listened to several mm-hmm. songs from her first one, A Ruler. But I did not think this was going to be as diverse. I did not think it was going to be as electronic on a, on a grand scale as it was. And normally I'd be very disappointed and, and think that this was awful, but I think she pulls it off so damn well. And I'm not a huge techno fan, but her techno stuff is just top notch. Her rapping, when she chooses to actually just jump in and rap, I think is top notch. Her singing, which is very, very rare that she actually sings, I think that's that's amazing stuff. I think she just... Mm-hmm. <sighs> She almost was like fucking rides the fence on everything, to be honest. <laughs> like, damn. She's like the you of fucking this genre. Uh, so the best. Wow. She really is. Like, she doesn't do anything full throttle. Ew. <laughs> Gross. I'm like. But it's so good. I'm kind of I'm kind of put off a little bit. No, I'm not going to lie. I kind of am. I'm mad. <laughs> <laughs> Just, just like it's, purely out of spite, dude. It's so stupid. Yeah, yeah. I give this a one. No, no. This is uh, this is solid. I, I think like lyrically, there, there's there's not a lot. There, there's not a lot of times where the lyrics are as deep as the music goes. And in being such an electronic driven album, it's still deep. It's still deep in its samples. It's still deep in in the way she uses interpolates those samples. It's still deep in the way she uses certain disco samples mixed with hip hop, which is fucking bizarre. And then also can still hold like solid societal issues and then make people really think like I I would no offense to the Sri Lankans, but I don't think I would ever looked into like the Sri Lankan civil war the way I did this week had it not been for MIA. Mm-hmm. It just, it, it takes something True. for me to get into. So, you know, you don't just do it on a whim. You don't wake up, oh, I'm going to look into the Sri Lankan mm-hmm. Civil War today. Like, it takes something to get you into it. And MIA did that for me. And and, and I think that's something to be said. And I learned a lot. And uh, it was a good week. So, with all that, yeah. I, give it, I give it a 2.8. This is a solid 2.8 for me. I really Ooh, enjoyed this. High. Yeah. 
two point eight. Can't give it a perfect because you're weird, but okay. Well, it's it's Got not it. a perfect album, but two point eight. All right. So my final thoughts on on this MIA MIA record, Kala. I was um I went into this whole week very almost blind. At, like I said, after only hearing Paper Planes and Buck, Bucky Gun done, those are the only songs I had ever heard. So I just I did not know what I was expecting. You had kind of like prepped me a little bit, saying you know you're gonna like this. I really know you're going to like this. And I really did. I think this is her best record and, and kind of going off what you're saying too. She, she, I wouldn't necessarily write necessarily say ride the fence, but she knows she, she does such an amazing job of making her songs so accessible to the point where you can listen to it like in a very kind of, you know, background music way and think, okay, this is a really nice beat. This is a really cool beat. I like this, 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 this and that. And you could think of like the lyrics as like, you know, this is like a party thing. This is like very kind of, you look at it very face value or you can look at it as, you know, oh, these lyrics actually mean something. Like she almost makes them almost ambiguous enough to where you can come up with your own things, but then you can follow along with the story if you choose to, but you don't have to, like, you don't feel like you need to do either one of those things. You could just enjoy it in passing or you can really dive deep and i feel like that's the genius of this record and really of her i'd say me i mean i don't know much about it, anything outside of this but i'd say kind of maybe her first record too a little bit of what i read about it so she just had this this really she has this really great way of writing music and songs and just her whole background is just so interesting and where she came from the her her being an immigrant it's it's just so unique just so so unique so that being said i mean we've talked about it for so long already i'm gonna have to give this record uh 2.75 this is this is <laughs> almost perfect it's almost perfect but you give it a 2.8 so we can match like, up that's fine nah i don't want to do that that's no fun that's no fun matching up no fun Unless it was a perfect three, but it's not so yeah because of songs like come around like that just that kind of kills it for me Maybe if that wasn't on there and I never, ever heard it, I might give this a three. Okay. But okay. Regardless, it, it, this is this is a great record. And I thought was what was interesting, too, this record pretty much gets, like, perfect ratings across the board. Like, this is a really... I think that's very just from popular, reviewers, too, though. Which is still high, you know, it considering is, what... Yeah. I mean, we gave it high the marks. stylings of it. Yeah. But it's and not perfect. I, it's not perfect, no, 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 no. But cuck reviewers give it perfect ratings because I think of her, I honestly, because I think she's a woman because I think they think like, oh, let's just fucking give her perfect reviews because that's going to help our ratings. But it's not a perfect record. The Timbaland song sucks. <laughs> but everything else is so fucking good. It's so good. It is. So but It's not perfect. It's close, though. So, I mean, that, that's all I got. That's I'm pretty sure that's all you got, too, on this record. And I'm MIA in general. So thank you all for listening. Go to Apple Podcasts. Go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. And once again, thank you all for listening. Tell all your friends uh, about us and, um, you know, spread the word. So that's it. That's all. I didn't even buy that one from Cloud Hill. Yeah, completely omitted that one. Because Not worth it. You're dumb. That's dumb. That's stupid. You're well, dumb. That's so okay. uh, dumb. Dude, are you... <laughs> what is can't going burp. on over there? We, sh- we can't burp. We've, you can't even talk. You can't even breathe. 
I know. <laughs> my my people in Aqua, they put out a new song. Apparently it's a cover. I don't know who did the original. I don't remember, but it's called I Am What I Am. This is almost <laughs> as bad as it is what it is. <laughs> um, I hate it. I hate the title. Like, yeah. it's, and, it's and, very industrial though too and i thought that she would hate this because she has a song that's just called it is what it is yeah i saw that and uh i hated <laughs> that so tom DeLong is god okay all right i, I mean i'm i'm willing to get behind that 